Filthy storyteller, despot, a liar, a thief, a braggart, a buffoon, a usurper, monster, ignoramus, old scoundrel, perjurer, robber, swindler, tyrant. Would you dare to guess who this was written about? This list was published in Harper's Weekly right before the 1864 presidential election. Abraham Lincoln was running for office. And his opponents had this to say about him. Ever have a feeling that no matter how good you do, it's never enough? How much you strive for, how much you try to be perfect, it's just never satisfying those around you. There will always be those who are a thorn in your side. Have you ever started doing something good only to be torn to shreds and opposed by your critics? Maybe not to the extent like Abraham Lincoln was, but still. There are many of us, if not all of us, who have experienced unfair criticism and undue opposition in our pursuit of something good. Sometimes, when you stand up for what you believe, <laughs> you will face opposition. <laughs> Last week, we started our rebuild series. We're working through the book of Nehemiah. You see Nehemiah come into this story, virtual unknown, a cupbearer to the king. And all of a sudden, he comes into the scene where he comes in hearing the story of how his hometown, his country, was in such state of disrepair. And this sense of discontent, this sense of anguish comes upon him and he is in tears and he cries out, say, what can be done to rebuild Jerusalem? And there is born a passion, a calling from the Lord. There is born something that is within him saying, go do something about it. And as we see through these last, uh, last couple of chapters, we see Nehemiah going back. He, uh, he gets favor from the king. He gets favor from the people around him. He goes in. He rallies the crowds in Jerusalem. And they are all excited. And they are started on this project. The, the wall is starting to come together. They've started the work. And things are starting to look like it, had, it was supposed to. Everything seemed to go well. All of a sudden, opposition arises. Do you know that when you are right there, doing exactly what God has called you to, it's not going to be an easy road. There will be opposition. Around the early 1900s, the great egret bird, that's the egret bird, the population around Oregon's Lake Malheur Reservation was in great decline. There were thousands of these birds, and at this particular time, it had come down to a handful. You see, the feathers of this bird was used as feathers in caps that were fashionable around that time. And so the hunters of this egret would make up to $500 back then, or even up to $12,000 in today's terms, in one day. 
And so you can imagine how profitable this business was. But as the populations decreased, something had to be done, or they would go extinct soon. In 1908, President Teddy Roosevelt decides, and he proclaims that he was going to make this federal land and make it a, a conservation land, make it a preservation land for these birds. This was a good thing. Most of us sitting here would say, yes, finally there is someone who is doing something about this problem. But not all good things go by easily. This was met with a lot of opposition from the hunters. This was met by opposition from the farmers. They were not satisfied with the fact that the government was coming in and taking away their land. There was a battle that started between the farmers, the locals, and the government. The farmers decided, you know what, we, we, ha we cannot let them take over our land, so we're going to try to sell them, and all the benefits is going to go to the school. And it was a, a clever trick that they tried to play here. What they were essentially saying was, what is more important? They would take out ads like this particular one, and if you can't read it, it says, which is best for Oregon, this baby or this bird? You see, they pit the bird against the child who would go to the schools which would be benefited. No good thing comes without opposition. And so God, in each of our lives, he has a plan. He has a plan for good for each of us. He has a plan to develop us. He has a plan to grow us into the people that he has called us to be. But as we start pursuing it, as we start going after the things that God has called us to do, as we start being more disciplined in our, in our daily disciplines, as we start being disciplined with what God has called us to do in the marketplace, with God, what God has called us to do in our families, all of a sudden things don't just seem to fall, just go easily. There is opposition. Here's the reality. We will face opposition at one point or the other. That is a fact of life. But what throws us off is opposition that comes when we're, when we're doing something worthwhile. When we're doing something good and there's opposition that comes up. We just cannot figure out why would we have to go through this. You see, Nehemiah, he is in a position in such a situation where he is rebuilding this wall. It's a good thing for the people of Israel. And he's facing this opposition. And there is a question as to why and how do we respond. Many of you may have this story. But I remember when I first came to the Lord. I grew up in a Christian family. And so at, at a certain age, when, right before my teenage years, I, I took this step to accept him into my life. I took the step to say, God, you are my God, and I'm gonna follow you. Well, being a teenager, that's not the most popular thing. I realized that uh, some of my friends no longer wanted to be my friends. And I can recall this one time where this one kid that I've called, that I've considered my best friend, all throughout elementary school, all throughout middle school. I remember being this 13-year-old sitting there, not knowing how to say it, but I wanted to share my faith. And all I could remember from that encounter was laughter and him walking over to his friends and saying, he thinks he's better than us. 
You see, when you're right in the middle of where God wants you to be, it's not easy. It's not easy to pursue what God has called us to do. There will be opposition. As a matter of fact, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 13, John is saying, Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. He's saying when things come up, when you are in the midst of this battle, when things are starting to go wrong, he says, do not be surprised. This is your calling. Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble in John 16, 33. And Peter, he's saying, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trouble when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. He's saying, do not consider it strange because this is what is, you are destined for. The moment you, you take that step of obedience, the moment you say, God, I will follow you. I will do what you have called me to do. I will take on the work that you have t- put on me. I will pursue the destiny that you have for me. I will build, I will rebuild what you have called me to do. Do not be surprised when trials come. So as we go into Nehemiah chapter 4, Nehemiah chapter 4 we read, and I'm going to start with verse 1. Now when Sanballat heard that we were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged, and he jeered at the Jews. And he said in the presence of his brothers and at the army of Samaria, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish up in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish and burned ones at that? Tobiah, the Amorite, was beside himself and he said, yes, what they are building, if a fox goes up on it, it will break down their stone wall. Hear, O our God, for we are despised. I'm sorry, did, did it skip a few? All right, so let me, let me read from my notes. John, would you keep up with me? Hear, O God, for we are despised. Turn back their taunt on their own heads and give them up to be plundered in a land. This is Nehemiah praying when he faces the opposition. Do not cover their guilt and let not their sin be blotted out from your sight. For they have provoked you to anger in the presence of the builders. So... We built the wall, and all the wall was joined together to half its, half its height, for the people had a mind to work. But when Sanballat and Tobiah, the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem was going forward, and that the breaches were being, being to be, being, beginning to be closed, they were angry. And they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem, and to cause confusion in it. When something good starts, the enemy doesn't sit quiet. You see, Nehemiah is encountering opposition to a good work that he had started. In the work of rebuilding, here's the truth. We will face opposition. In the work that God has called you to do, accept the fact that we will face it. See, the opposition we face today is very different than what Nehemiah faced. Opposition today in your work, in your family, in your, within your relationships, within your friendships, they may look different. 
To some, it may look like the professor or the teacher who mocks faith as, faith as for simple-minded lemmings. It looks like leaders in our cultures denouncing the church's existence as the problems in society. It looks like your spouse or family members who smirk at you and snicker at you when you talk about your faith. It looks like the financial hit you take when you choose to act with integrity at your business, at your job. It looks like the enemy, Satan, doing all he can to place doubt in your mind, making you wonder if following Jesus is worth it at all. It looks like the snide questions you get from your coworkers when they discover that you're actually one of those people who believe in Jesus, who has found God, and who is born again. See, opposition comes in so many different forms, but as a follower of Christ, that is our reality. So when opposition comes, what do we do? Let's take a quick look at Nehemiah and see how he addresses it. You see, when opposition comes, we have to be intentional about the way we respond. If we're not, we respond instinctively. We respond, maybe you can think about the ways that you respond when you're criticized, when you're opposed, when things don't go the way you want it to. Some of us go on the, def- uh, the, on the defensive. We, some of us hit back harder. Some of us ignore it and hope it goes away completely. Some of us just bottle it up. Some of us take it personally. Some of us take it out on others. When faced with opposition, the reality is you will respond. But it's your choice if you will respond intentionally. Look at, let's take a look at Nehemiah. In chapter 4, verse 9, Nehemiah says, And we prayed to God and set a guard as protection against them day and night. See, in the face of opposition, Nehemiah's instinctive reaction is not to hit back, is not to bottle it all up. Instead, it is to go to the Lord in prayer. It is to go to God in prayer and say, God, this is your work. And this is an attack against you. You see, when Sanballat and Tobiah opposed Nehemiah and their people, if you look at the kind of comments that they were making, these were attacks against their character. This was an attack on their ability to do the work. This was an attack on the commitment if they would ever finish. They were questioning the feasibility of such a project, and pretty much they're calling them incompetent. While at first they don't come with sticks and stones, their words pierce deeply. They cast doubt into the minds of the people. Today, I don't know the kind of opposition you face in what God has called you to. But at the heart of it, those standing against you may attack your character. They may question your integrity or even make you doubt whether you should stand at all. But your response is your choice. How do you respond in those moments? Do you respond based on your instincts? Do you respond in anger? Do you respond in frustration? Or do you take it to the Lord in prayer? Nehemiah teaches us this very important thing. Turn to the Lord. But even after this prayer goes, you see that the opposition grows stronger. And now, not only are they talking at them, they're not just talking behind their backs. Now they're actually forming armies to come to fight them. 
the opposition grows stronger. And in verse 14, again, Nehemiah re- re- responds and he says, I looked and arose and said to the nobles and the officials and to the rest of the people, the people that he was surrounded by in Jerusalem, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Nehemiah gauges the external opposition. He reads the internal doubt. He realizes there is only one logical move, and that is to turn to the Lord. That is to look at the Lord. That is to take your eyes off of what is happening and put your eyes on the one who makes it all happen. In other words, this is what he's saying. In your call to rebuild, trust God. In your call to rebuild, in your call to do whatever God has placed you in whatever place that he has placed you, your call is simply this. Trust God. He is great. He is awesome. He will carry you through. The reason Nehemiah is so able able to so confidently in his knowledge He knows that his work is not his own. Last week we talked, if we want to rebuild, we have to attach ourselves to the bigger story. Because each of us, we have a story, but that story is not the all. It's not the complete story. There is a bigger story that you and I are a part of. And Nehemiah, he recognizes the fact that even though he is facing opposition in his little story, this story is much bigger. There is a story that God is writing. And he says, God, when, when they attack me, they're not just attacking me, they're attacking your story. When opposition comes at you, realize this. The work is greater than any one person. The work is part of God's bigger story. Nehemiah is pointing us in that direction. How we respond is our choice. At at your workplace, at your schools, colleges, family, friendships, you will face opposition. But how you choose to respond, may it be in trust to God. You see, the work is important because God calls us to it. The work is sustained because he protects it. The work will be completed because he underwrites it. He has promised that the work that he started will be completed. And all we have to do is trust him. That's our call today. In order to rebuild, trust God. And when we are faced with opposition, our immediate response should be to turn to God. But is that the end of it? Is that all we do? We say, God, we trust you and hope for the best. No. Let's continue. In the face of opposition, Nehemiah, in that same verse 14, he says, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Nehemiah tells them, That in order to do what God has called them to do, in order to build this wall, in in order for this calling to be completed, there is, yes, you have to trust God, but you also have to do your job. You see, there is two sides of this coin. There is God who sustains, God who protects, God who calls to it, but there's also the side where God expects you to work. God expects you to do your job. The work is God's work. But you are involved. You have a role to play. In order to rebuild, you must trust in God 
and do your job. You see, Nehemiah is standing in the midst of his people and he gives this speech. It's, I wish I could have been there, where he is basically looking at them in all his, in all his energy. He cries out saying, do not look at them. It reminds me of movies like Braveheart or Coach Carter or these movies where there is such opposition to what is happening and the, the hero of the story stands up and he has to remind them that there is a bigger story at stake. There is a bigger cost at stake. And he says, do not look at what the enemy, they may defeat you today, but he says, do not look at them, look at the bigger story. What you're facing today may be too much for you. What you're facing today may be too big for you to handle, but he is, Nehemiah is telling his people and he's telling us today, take your eyes off of them. Do not be afraid of them, but instead trust in God. He is great. He is awesome. And do your job. You see, he calls them to each person. He gives them a sword in, in one hand and a trowel in the other. When you're called to do your job, there is a price to be paid. But he says, in order to rebuild, trust in God and do your job. At this point, I'm going to conclude and I'm going to call the worship team back up. You see, our work is only possible because of the work that he did for us. There was a greater one than Nehemiah who came, who looked down, and he saw that this, that humanity was broken. He saw that we were in a state of complete disrepair. We were in a state of complete hopelessness. And he came. He faced incredible opposition. But he got on that cross. And because of the work that was done on that cross, because of the fact that he died for you and me, we are able to be a part of his story. You see, Jesus came. Jesus did his thing. He trusted in God. Jesus trusted that through his sacrifice, you and I would be restored back to God. We work because of the work he's done for us. We also work because of the work he's doing in us. You see, when you face opposition, don't lose hope. God allows it. God allows it for a moment in our lives because that's when you experience him even deeper. In verse 15, you will see that the, that the Israelites, he writes that the enemy saw that their work was frustrated. The Israelites, Israelites look out and the enemy, they're powerless because of what God had done. If opposition had not come through, they would not have experience God in that way. So when you feel the pressure, when you feel the anger, when you feel the hurt, know this, that God is at work. God is doing his greatest work in you. So today, take a moment. If you need to write it down, if you need to pray about it, a couple of questions. What is God calling you to? And what is the opposition you face? And if there are two things that you take away from this, this message today, trust in God and do your job. Trust in God 
and do your job. 